All right. <clears throat> Let's see if we're connected here. All right. Yeah, I think we're connected. I think we're on air. I think we're live. Fritzberger and Blood and Faith.com coming at you live at a Podbean. Fritzreport.podbean.com. And you can always find me at Blood and Faith.com. Been a busy boy this morning, I have. Been uh, thrashing the devil, doing what the devil doesn't like me to do, which is to speak the forbidden. I've been speaking forbidden things this morning. What have I been speaking that's the forbidden things? You know what I've been speaking about. When the church speaks things that are acceptable by Satan, devil, his children leave him alone. But when the church says things that outrage Satan, the devil's children get very busy and persecute the church. How do I know that? Because I read the Holy Scriptures. I read the Bible. I read the Gospels. I read the book of Acts. I read the epistles. And when Jesus Christ did things that outraged Satan, Satan sent his disciples after Jesus Christ. Satan sent his little babies after Jesus Christ. Satan sent his own seed after Jesus Christ. Who are those, you say? Who are the seed of Satan? It's the Talmud teachers. It's the Talmud followers. It's the Pharisees. Even 2,000 years ago, it was forbidden to offend the Pharisees, offend the teachers of the Talmud. And the disciples went to Jesus Christ. They told Jesus Christ, Jesus, don't you know that you offend these people? You're offending the Pharisees, the righteous, the pious, the chosen people of God. And Jesus says they're blind. By the way, calling somebody blind, calling a teacher of the law blind, not that they taught the law, they distorted the law, they taught their traditions. Calling them blind is to call them unclean. Remember, you couldn't take a blind animal and offer it up as a sacrifice to God. You call it, it was an insult. Not only was it, was it a condition of their ignorance, which they truly were blind, but it was they were unclean. They weren't even worthy. You can't sacrifice a blind animal to God and have it honored. So Jesus says, hey, these Talmud teachers, these people that call themselves Jews, they're, they're really Satan's children. They're Satan's little babies. And they're blind, and they're going to fall into a pit, and anybody that follows them will fall into a pit, said Jesus Christ. Now, they didn't like that, and that's why they tried to kill him over and over. In fact, they tried to kill him even when he was a kid because he knew they knew he was coming. They knew the Messiah was coming. They knew the Messiah was going to come and replace them. Yes, replacement theology. I know that offends the Satan, the Satan worshipers too. But the old covenant was replaced with the new covenant. The blood of bulls and goats was replaced with the blood of Jesus Christ. Judas Iscariot was utterly replaced with Matthias. Yes, I'm preaching replacement theology. And guess what? The, the vineyard, the, care, the keepers of the vineyard were replaced. They were replaced. Jesus Christ told them. Matthew chapter 21. He said, hey, I'm coming. I, and when I come, I, I'm going to give the care of the vineyard. I'm going to take the care of the vineyard away from you all. This is Matthew 21. Don't worry, we'll get to Judges. And I'm going to give it to a different race of people. I'm going to give it to a different ethnic group, he said in Matthew chapter 21. And they picked up stone. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to seize him right there and kill him. They knew what he was saying. 
So he was making Satan's little babies really upset with him. Jesus Christ disputed that the people that call themselves Jews were actually God's children. He disputed that. He, he rejected that idea. Matthew chapter 8, I've spent a lot of time on that lately. Matthew chapter 8, verses 31 through about 59, I think four or five times in there it mentions Jews. Jews, 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 Jews. Jesus Christ is speaking to the Jews. You can't, it's inescapable. He's not speaking to a different group of people. He's speaking to the Jews. He says, you are of your father, the devil. The devil, he absolutely disputed the argument that they were somehow God's chosen people. They were Satan's chosen people. According to Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 8, verses 31 through 59. Like I said, I've been busy this morning, and the devil's little babies are really mad at me. This morning I, I had a live feed, and I said the evangelical church has basically made a pact with Satan. Yes, the evangelical church has made a pact with the seed of the serpent, with, with the synagogue of Satan. And they basically said this, we will tell the world that you're God's chosen people. We will not question you. We will not doubt you. We will bow down and gravel before you. We will give you everything you want and ask for. We will stay out of the affairs of the world and let you run the world. All we ask in return is let us have our little drum banging ceremony on Sunday mornings. Let us talk about being born again when, you know, when we can. We refuse, we agree to renounce the words of Jesus Christ. This is what the evangelical church has done. We agree to renounce the words of Jesus Christ that he explicitly spoke because it offends you. And in turn, uh, you'll leave us alone, and uh, we can parade around in our false morality of being against anti-Semitism. The evangelical church has made a pact with Satan and they've gone to those who call themselves Jews, but aren't, but lie, and are of the synagogue of Satan. And they've told the Jews, we will deny the explicit words of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 8, in Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. We will deny the meaning of the Antichrist in 1 John chapter 2, verse 22. 2 John, verses 7 through 11. We will deny what Paul wrote when he says that the Jews murdered Jesus Christ and the prophets and that they are the enemy of all mankind in 1 Thessalonians 2, 14 and 15. We will, in fact, renounce the Word of God and we can be brothers. This is what the evangelical church has done. They've made a pact with Satan's synagogue. Yeah, no, this isn't, we're going to get to Judges eventually. But this is, this is hot off, this is what I got to say this morning. It, it's it's, it's mind-boggling, it's mind-boggling. The, 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 the treason is so great, it's mind-boggling. And I've, I've, I've said this before, the Church of Jesus Christ is ashamed of Jesus 1.0. They've rebranded him, they've remarketed him. They've locked him in a closet and said, don't come out. You're racist, you're sexist, you're homophobic, but most of all, Jesus, you commit the crime of anti-Semitism. Stay back there. We're going to rebrand you and create a new religion called Judeo-Christianity. This is treason against the Most High God. It's arrogance, it's blasphemy. It's everything that Jesus Christ warned against. 
It's imbibing in the leaven of the Pharisees. Jesus says, hey, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Church is out there sucking up all the leaven of the Pharisees that they can. Sucking up all the teachings of the Talmud teachers they can. Sucking up all the traditions of man that they can. Laying those traditions over the Word of God. Denying the explicit words of Jesus Christ. In order that they may have a pact with the enemy. That they bring the enemy into their own house. And teach the lies of Satan from the pulpit. In return for what? In return for it. So they have peace with Satan's seed. Satan's seed says, leave them alone. They're now they're our allies. And they've said this explicitly. August 5th, 2019, there's an article in the Jerusalem Post titled, Is the New Testament Anti-Semitic? And the Jews come out they just say, hey, look, we don't understand this, but it's whatever we're doing is working. We've convinced the church to deny the words of the Holy Scriptures. They say this. They say this out. They, it's written down. It's still there. Go to jpost.com. Do a search on anti-Semitism in the New Testament. And they said, look, there's hundreds of Scriptures that are anti-Semitic in, in the Christian Bible. And we've, got, we've gotten the church to renounce them and to interpret them out of existence, just like we did with the books of Moses. They say this. They're explicit about it. This is the pact that the church has made with Satan to deny explicitly what Jesus Christ said. Let me give you an example. Revelation 3, verse 9. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. When was the last time you heard that out of the pulpit? By the way, it's also in Revelation 2, verse 9. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you're rich. And I know the blasphemy by those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of synagogue of Satan. The evangelical church has denied the words of Jesus Christ. And they worship the, they keep saying this Antichrist is coming. The Antichrist is here. The definition of the Antichrist is denying the Father and the Son. It's, it's those that don't bring the teaching, the doctrine of Christ. What's the doctrine of Christ? That he's one with the Father, that he's the only begotten Son of the Father, that he is actually the Messiah, that the Messiah has already come in the flesh. All these, those who call themselves Jews, deny, and have denied it for 2,000 years. And I don't care who these Jews say they are. I don't care. I don't care if they're, they're direct descendants out of Judah. I don't care. Judas Iscariot. No doubt. Descended from somebody. Called and chosen. Yet he united himself with the Antichrist. He was a traitor. He was one of the disciples. He was one of the, he was called and he was chosen. He intimately knew Jesus Christ. He knew him very, he knew Jesus Christ very well. Broke bread with him. Spent a lot of time with him. Friends with him. You see how close they were. He comes up, he greets Jesus Christ with a kiss. Hail, Rabbi. He becomes the hands and feet of Satan himself. A man called and chosen of God. And he sides with the synagogue of Satan. Evangelical church has done that in the United States today. They go and they tell the world the Jews are God's chosen people. 
The Jews are Satan's chosen people. The Jews are Satan's chosen people. The Jews took up that which Jesus Christ denied. Satan goes to Jesus Christ and says, look, I'll give you all the wealth and power in the world. Let you rule over the nations. Just come down and bow down and worship for me. Jesus said, get out of here, devil. The Jews says, yeah, we'll take that bargain. We'll take it. So they become the synagogue of Satan. Satan gives them power and all the wealth of the world. And the evangelical church has betrayed Jesus Christ by uniting with the synagogue of Satan, renouncing the Word of God. And when I say renouncing the Word of God, I'm saying renouncing specifically, explicitly, the words that Jesus Christ spoke, Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9, last half of the eighth chapter of the book of John. Why? In order to be friends with the world. Jesus Christ warned about that. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. He didn't, he didn't waste his time. He didn't waste his words. He didn't say things just to, you know, because he had nothing else to do. Oh, let's beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Oh, what, okay, whatever that means. Sure, Jesus. Disciples said that. They said, we don't know what you're talking about. And he says, the doctrines, the doctrines. What was their doctrines? They overlaid the written word of God with their traditions. What does that mean? They had the law. They had the books of Moses. They said, no, 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 no. It, it doesn't mean that. It means something different. And here's our oral tradition to say what it means. The greatest theological expose of that is Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. They went up to Jesus. They wanted to talk about hand worship, hand washing. Jesus says, hey, listen, you devil dogs. I, I, I'm not here to talk about that. You, you deny the law of God. You undermine the fifth commandment for your traditions. Makes it very clear. Church does the same thing today. Jesus Christ, Revelation 3.9, Revelation 2.9, John 8. Oh, it doesn't mean that. Churches doesn't mean that. But actually, they say these people who call themselves Jews are the chosen people of God. Directly contradicting what Jesus Christ said and wrote in his word, in the word of God. This is really quite remarkable, really quite stunning, that the church would make a pact with sin. And when Jesus Christ warned, Matthew chapter 8, 38, he says, look, when I show up with my Father's holy angels, those of you that are ashamed of me and my words, he makes it very clear, and my words, and my words. Everybody loves Jesus. Oh, we love Jesus. I love Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus. Do you love his words? Do you love his words in Revelation 2, 9, Revelation 3, 9? Do you love his words? He says, if you're ashamed of my words, I'll be ashamed of you in front of the Father's holy angels. I'll renounce you. I'll renounce you. I'll publicly refute and renounce you because you've been ashamed of words. And Jesus Christ says elsewhere, he says, blessed are those who are not offended in what I say. Look, you read about Jesus Christ. You read the life of Jesus Christ. You read about what he said and did in, in, in the Gospels. There's a lot of offense there. A lot of offense was caused. Why do you think they murdered him? He went and he said it anyway. He did it anyway. He said what he had to say. He said, if I don't say what I say, I'll be a liar just like you. And guess what, church? That applies to you today. If you don't say what Jesus Christ says, you'll be a liar just like those who claim to be Jews are. Be a liar just like those who claim to be Jews.
yeah, it's going to be tough when you stand up and speak the truth. Eventually you will. Because you have to. That's, you know, that you pick up your cross, man. Say what Jesus Christ said. This is probably the biggest battle for the soul of the Christian church in the West today in 2023. Whose side are you on? Are you side on the side of the synagogue of Satan or are you on the side of Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is it. You want to get rid of this evil in the world, you're going to have to go after Satan's synagogue. You have to go after Satan's synagogue. And the church won't. They've made a pact with those people, made a pact with Satan, made a pact with the, the base of Satan. And they've, they explicitly contradict Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, hey, we got two fathers here. My father's God, your father is Satan. This is what he said to the Jews in Matthew chapter 8. And the church comes along and said, no, 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 no. We're all the children of God. The Jews are the children of God. And, you know, we're lucky because we're kind of like junior children of God because yeah, they're the real children of God. And we're lucky because we just kind of got adopted in. They contradict what Jesus Christ said. They contradict what Jesus Christ taught. Jesus taught that the Jews, those who reject him, those who reject Jesus Christ, are of the synagogue of Satan. He says they're not even real Jews. They're false Jews. He says anybody that follows them, they're, they're going to fall into a pit. Church doesn't like that. So they come in with their traditions. Oh, it doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't mean that stuff. It means something else entirely. If there's one message that I could get out, that would be it. And if that message could flood in and infect the evangelical church, I would be very happy. I would be so happy. It's going to be a hard, hard to accept because now you've got to deny everything that you've learned your whole life. I was taught this too. I was taught this too my whole life. And one day I woke up and I said, God, there's something, there's something wrong. There's something really, really, really wrong. I don't know what it is, but there's something that's deeply, there's a spirit of cancer and death in the church, and something's not right. It's wrong. It's something is deeply wrong. I said, God, what is it? And Lord, why this hatred towards the white race? Well, next thing you know, I'm reading Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God Almighty says, I will put, I'm the one that's going to put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. I'm going to put it there. You can't take it out. You can't paper it over. You can't cover it up. You can't make nice. The Almighty said, I'm going to put the enmity, the hatred, between my people and the people of Satan. Who are the people of Satan? Revelation 2 9, Revelation 3 9, John chapter 8. You serpents, you brood of vipers, how shall you escape? Sentence of hell. Matthew 23, 33, according to Jesus Christ. Matthew 23, 15. Jesus Christ says to, says to the, 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 the Talmud teachers, he says, you go across land and sea, travel around the earth by land and sea to make one proselyte, one convert, and you make them twice the sons of hell that you already are. You already are the sons of hell, and you're, the converts that you make become twice the sons of hell. Who are those converts? Many Jews have written and said that their ancestors were converts to Judaism. Get no... No bearing, no genetic or geographical bearing to Judah or the land of Judea. This is according to the Jews. Their ancestors were converts, European converts to Judaism, the Khazars. But even if that was not true, even if that was not true, Jesus Christ makes it very clear. Matthew 23, 15. He tells the Pharisees themselves 2,000 years ago, People like 
Saul, who was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He tells them to their face, you serpents, you brood of vipers. He names them as the children of Satan. So regardless of what their claim is, church has business overriding what Jesus Christ said. All right, book of Judges. So last Sunday, we learned how Gideon was called. Gideon responded. Gideon responded by faith. And uh, he did some dangerous things. He gored some sacred cows. Sacred cows is a reference to the Hindu religion of the East Indians. You know, cows are gods. And so he's going, you know, when you gore a sacred cow, you're goring one of the East Indians' gods. And so here you got Gideon, he's goring a sacred cow in his own race, his own tribe, his own people, saying, look, Ashtoreth and Baal ain't nothing. Burn them to the ground. That's what I'm saying about this compact with Satan's synagogue, man. You got a, it's, it's a sacred cow in the church. It's an idol like Baal and Ashtoreth in the church. We've made a pact with the synagogue of Satan. You've got to burn that to the ground. And yeah, you'll get the, 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 the Judeo-Christians will come out. They'll want to murder the Gideons of today as well. You can't say that. You can't do that. It's anti-Semitic. What God called Gideon to do. You going to be a Gideon? So he goes out there, he does that, he reduces it out down to 300. He goes out there and he preaches the gospel, okay? He turns on the light and he blows the horn. And the seed of the serpent, they turn around, they start utterly destroying each other. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And so as we look out upon the world in 2023, and it said, oh my God, the synagogue of Satan, they, they rule everything. They, they've taken over everything. We can't possibly overcome that. Remember Gideon. Start by tearing down the sacred cows, tearing down the idols in the house of the Lord. Destroy the pact that the church has made with the synagogue of Satan. doesn't matter how mad people are about you. Just do it anyway. You deal with that. Until you deal with that, ain't nothing going to happen. You deal with that, and then, now we can come out. We can come out swinging. What kind of swinging do they do? Well, they start with preaching the Word of God. They, they, the, 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 the torch goes off. The trumpets are blown, and the seed of the serpent, the enemy, turns and they start slaughtering each other. They slaughter each other with the swords. Kinetic warfare against each other. Praise the Lord. I got a vision for that. I'd love to see Satan's serpents slaughtering each other, destroying each other. And later on, after that happens, and Gideon goes in there and cleans up, takes his 300, and he starts cleaning up, starts killing those bad boys, slaughtering with a sword, making a blood flow. Chapter 7. Gideon, verse 4, Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against Midian and take the waters before them as far as Beth Barah and the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were summoned, and they took the waters as far as Beth Barah and the Jordan. And they captured the two leaders of Midian, Oreb and Zeb, and they killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and they killed Zeb at the winepress of Zeb, while they pursued Midian, and they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon from across the Jordan. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Who called Gideon to do this? Jesus Christ did. Oh, Jesus would never. He would never hurt anybody. It's Jesus Christ that called Gideon to do what Gideon did. 
Jesus Christ has never changed. He will never change. The Jesus Christ of, of, of Judges is the same Jesus Christ of John. Verse 8, or chapter 8. Then the men of Ephraim said to Gideon, What, what have you done this? Why, why didn't you call us down? And they were mad at him. Gideon says, Look, what, what have I done in comparison to you? And it's very true, very wise. He says, Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abiezer? He said, Look, you guys, why are you jealous of the little thing that I've done? You're so much more powerful than I could ever hope to be. And I recognize that. And like, oh, okay, well, this guy knows his place. Gideon says, God has given the leaders of Midian, Oreb, and Zeb into your hands. And what was I able to do in comparison with you? Then the anger toward him subsided when he said that. Then Gideon and the 300 who were with him came to the Jordan and crossed over, where yet pursuing. And he said to the men of Succoth, give us loaves to bread, because the people, they're tired, man. The leaders said, are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna already in your hand? that we should give bread to your army? Gideon says, all right, fine. But when I go get him, I'm going to come back and I'm going to thrash you. I'm going to thrash you with thorns from the wilderness. So they went from there up to Penuel and spoke to someone. The men in Penuel said, said the same thing. They said, no, man, we're not going to help you out. We're not going to help you in pursuing the enemy. We're not going to help you out in pursuing the mission of God. You might win, you may not lose, but that's on you, and we will not lift our hands to help you. Is that not this case in, in the church today? We ain't going to do that. Well, God hasn't called us to do that. Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkar, and their armies with them, 15,000 men, were all who were left because the army of 120,000 swordsmen had been destroyed. Gideon went up by way of those who lived in the tents and attacked the camp when the camps were unsuspecting. Zeba and Zalmunna fled, he captured him, and he routed the whole army. And he captured a youth from Succoth, and he questioned him. He said, two of the leaders, and the, guy wrote, and the youth wrote down the 77 leaders of Succoth, and he came to Succoth. He says, here are those kings. They took the elders of the city and thorns in the wilderness and briars, and he disciplined them. He whipped them with thorns. And then he tore down the tower of Penuel, and he killed the men of the city. All right, what's my point in this? As we move farther into 2023, 2024, the 2020s, and there's wars and wars of wars, man, don't expect it to go well. Expect it to be ugly and difficult and hard with death. And even, even here, Gideon's a good guy, and he had other people that were, and, and there was a lot of death all around. We're not getting out of this thing alive. We are not getting out of this thing alive. Some may live through the times of trouble. A lot of us won't, whether you're good people or bad people. A lot of people won't. Then the men, then he said to Ziba and Zalmunna, what kind of men were they who you killed at Tabor? And they said, they were like you, each one resembling the son of a king. Gideon said, they're my brothers, sons of my mother. As the Lord lives, if only you'd let them live, I would not kill you. So he said to Jethro's firstborn, rise and kill them. But the youth did not draw his sword, for he was afraid because he was still a youth. And Ziba and Zuma said to Gideon, Rise and fall on us as the man so was his strength. So Gideon arose, and he killed Ziba and Zamuna, and took the crescent ornaments which were on the camel's yoke. Man of God took a sword, skewered these evil kings. 
oh, that's not very Christian. Who do you think ordered Gideon to do this? It was Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ that ordered him to do this. So the men of Israel said to Gideon, rule over us, you and your sons. Gideon said, no, I will not rule over you, nor show my sons. The Lord shall rule over you. Yet Gideon said, I need some money. Give me an earring, gold earring. So they gave him a gold earring. Gideon makes an idol of it. Did the wrong thing. But that's what he did. So that's the story of Gideon. The people had peace for many years, but it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. That's another thing to realize is you, as we go through history, you, uh, you know, until the king of kings shows up, it's not going to be perfect. And when the king of kings shows up, it ain't going to be easy. I know everybody wants to sit on a little cloud and have some angel feed them grapes and, you know, some harp playing gently somewhere. Jesus Christ said, hey, when I come, I'm going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Does that sound peaceful to you? Sound to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Why does God need to rule the rod, the nations with a rod of iron if everything is just peaceful and perfect? Jesus said, I'm going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. We've adopted a view of the world that probably has more to do with Eastern religions than it does with the Holy Scriptures. We've said, well, at the end of time, you know, there's a new heaven and a new earth, and, and we're going to be in nirvana. We're going to be in nowhere land, and there's, you know, everything is just... You know, Jesus said when he comes back, he's going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Skip that part. And yes, he's going to make a new heavens and earth. Yes, it'll be in which righteousness dwells and, and no evil. But he still says, I'm going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. That's pretty cool. But that speaks of for a powerful monarch using a rod of iron to discipline the nations and break them into submission. Understand what this is. We're not getting out of history. We're part of history. We're not escaping out of history in some rapture. We have to fight the fight, man. We have to fight the fight. The whole history of ancient Israel is war, it's battle, it's fighting. And you don't make peace Satan. You don't make peace with the seed of the serpent. You don't make peace with the synagogue of the devil. That's one of the primary lessons you learn from Genesis all the way through. You do not make peace with the devil. Did Abram make peace with the king of Sodom? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He said, I don't even want a penny from you. Not one penny from you. I'd rather starve to death. But he gave a tenth of all to Melchizedek, a priest of the Most High God. goes all the way up to today, all the way up to 2023. Second John warns, he says, don't you dare give him a greeting. Don't you dare have anything to do with these people that don't, don't bring the doctrine of Christ. When you greet them, you participate in their evil doing. wasn't any different for Abram. He says, I don't want anything to do with you, king of Sodom. You know who made the mistake that made peace with the evil people? Lot. Lot made peace with the evil people. He lost his entire bloodline. His wife gets killed. He gets his two daughters pregnant, and they produce two evil nations. Lot lost his whole bloodline because he made peace with the synagogue of Satan. That's what the evangelical church has done in 2023, 2020. Well, you know, since the Second World War. 
They don't want anybody to call them anti-Semitic. So they, they grovel before the seed of the serpent and say, we will, give, we will worship you and we will give you everything. They were, the evangelical church worships the Antichrist. We'll give you everything you want. Just don't call us anti-Semitic. And we can pose and look righteous in the eyes of men because we're not racist and we're not anti-Semitic. That's a bargain with the devil. It's a bargain that Abraham turned down. It's a bargain that Lot accepted. We're not any different. We're in the same thing. We're in the same role. We've got to figure out which side we're on. Moses comes down from the mountain. He hears the orgy going on. Big part, big frat party going on. Bows and chicks and the whole nine yards. So, oh my God. And they're like, hey man, Moses, come on in. Party's going great. Yeah, Ten Commandments are cool. We like the Ten Commandments. Just, you know, that's cool. You know, come on, join in. What does Moses say? Moses, he, he said, listen. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Who's going to serve the Lord with me? The sons of Levi came over to the side of Moses. And Moses looks at him. He says, strap on, brothers. Strap on. And they strapped their sword upon their thigh. And, and they went back and forth through the camp, killing brother, friend, and neighbor. Right. There's a deep, deep divide. And there's a deep cost to siding with our monarch. It's a cost unto death. It's a cost even unto death. Jesus Christ said, hey, I'll make even the members of your own household your enemies. And you better not love your life even unto death. If you do, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy of me. You wonder, so God, how come you don't save our country? Why should God save a country where, when his own church has made a pact with Satan? And, and goes out and tells the world that, that, that the seed of the serpent is really God's chosen people. And they grovel before the synagogue of Satan and give them everything they want, including control of the field and control of the world. And, they, and, they, and, and, and the synagogue of Satan, those who call themselves Jews, but not, but they're liars. And they feel filled with rocks and thorns and birds of the air and prevent any water getting to it. And then the church wonders, why, why we don't have a, a harvest? Why don't we have a harvest, Lord? We're supposed to get 30, 60, and 100 fold. And then Satan comes in and says, well, here's your new theology. It's the theology of you're going to get raptured. You're going to tell the world that my synagogue is actually God's children. You're going to give them everything they want. And you'll be get rewarded by flying away. And you got this delusion that the Antichrist is still coming. Antichrist is here. Antichrist has been here. Who's the Antichrist? Those who deny the Father and the Son. And they rule and they reign and they're in charge. And the church grovels and bow down, bows down to worship them. And the church acts as the false prophet telling people to worship this beast. All right. Fritz Bergen. Bloodandfaith.com
Good morning, Sandy VB. Good morning, Jeremiah. Time to sign off.